Pastor Brian to take care of our Wednesday night services. He'll, we've moved it to a Bible study uh, because of the teacher gift within him. Uh, it's going to allow some questions and answer. And I'm telling you, we'll get a deeper understanding in the Word. It's good. It's good. Amen? And you're going to love that. Some good time of fellowship. You want to invite people out. Amen? And I just got back from Nicaragua, so um, there was some things that we couldn't uh, do prior to this week's service. You know, there's some things that are on the Anchor Faith Church calendar in St. Augustine that we're having to adjust. Like Pastor Marcy, she's not with us tonight. She won't be with us for six weeks because she's doing our Kingdom Institute. She's doing a class started tonight at six weeks, and so she's teaching on the Kingdom Faith, our Kingdom Love walk. Hallelujah. And so she starts about, well, she's got a few more minutes before she starts. And uh, she'll go for a couple hours, and it'll be good. Amen? So, you know, God's doing some great and wonderful things in Valdosta. Amen? Remember, we're one church just in two locations. All right? Because when I go to St. Augustine, there's a Cracker Barrel, and there's one right here in this town. Hallelujah! Amen? And so, you know, you have a manager there in St. Augustine, a manager in um, Valdosta, but then there's a regional manager that usually oversees both sides. And that's what we're doing at this point. Amen? And so we're going to come in and be able to pastor here and, 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 and cast vision and accomplish the vision. And we're all partnering together because the Lord's doing some things in 2011. Amen? Hallelujah. So it'll be exciting times, okay? Because there's a lot of people that like to stay home on Sunday morning. And guess what? They can come on Sunday night. Praise the Lord. Amen? And um, we'll get you out in plenty of time to do what you need to do for work and stuff tomorrow. Most of you be tidying up to get ready. Amen? And, uh, but it's nothing better than to have your kids right here, to have yourself right here for a time to be able to sit and, and enjoy the Word. Because you know what? The rest of the week, you know, you're bombarded with all the things that the world has, and there's things that we can impart right here through the Word of God that's going to change your absolute life. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn over to Genesis chapter 11, and starting in verse 1. I want to talk to you about the power of purpose tonight, <clears throat> because Anchor Faith Church has purpose. We have purpose. Amen? We have purpose. Thank you, Lord. We're excited to be here. I'm telling you right now, we are absolutely excited. There are some others that are going to come up from um, St. Augustine uh, during uh, this transition time to continue to help uh, the body grow. And uh, we've got some outreaches we're going to be talking about later on and some things that we do as a body that, you know, we continue to pull people in because we know that God's desire is that none would perish but that all would come to repentance. Amen? And so that's what we're going to do, and we're going to do this together. Why? Because there's a purpose that's been assigned to us as a church. Amen? In Genesis chapter 11, verse 1, it says this. Genesis 11, 1, it says, Now the whole earth used the same language and the same words. It came about as they journeyed east that they found a plain in the land of this place and settled there. Amen? And it goes on to say uh, that they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And uh, they used bricks for stone, and they used tartar for mortar. They said, Come, let us build for ourselves a city and a tower whose top will reach into heaven, and let us make for ourselves a name. Otherwise, we will be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. Amen? Now, I preach out primarily out of the New American Standard Version. Obviously, this is New King James, so it's going to look a little bit different. Okay? But um, as we get other translations, we'll put them on there. I actually minister out of multiple translations. Amen? And, uh, but I primarily, my text comes from the New American Standard. They say that it's one of the closest uh, translations to the original Greek, and that's really important. Because in our society, we see a lot of words that we think we know the definition, but when you actually get them in the, in the context of the Greek, it means something different, okay? And I just came back from Nicaragua, and we start talking certain things, and um, I come to find out, you know, uh, uh, coffee is a feminine um, word. Well, okay, that's weird. I didn't know that coffee was a male or female. 
in that sense. But law, lay, different things that go, you know, oh and ah. You know, if I say amigo, that's a guy, amiga, that's a lady. Amen. See, we do things different here. Yo, what's up? And we're talking all kind of stuff. We, we, our words get so mixed up in the English, but yet in the Greek and Hebrew, it's very specific in what's taking place, and we need to define things in those kind of contexts because it gives us the fullest meaning of what the Lord's saying. So then in verse 5, it says, The Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, Behold, look at this, verse 6. The Lord said, Who said this? The Lord said this. The Lord said, Behold, they are one people. And they, and they all have the same language. And this is what they begin to do. And now nothing which they what? Purpose to do will be impossible for them. Ma, ma, ma. New King James says proposed to do or purpose to do. Here is a group of people that are putting together a plan. And they don't love God. They're not following God. In fact, they want to name, make a name for themselves. And the Lord comes down because He hears this. Because you understand, sin gets up to the Lord. Sin gets up to the Lord. Your sin shall surely find you out. Sodom and Gomorrah, when God came down, He said, i got to go check on the town to see if it's what I'm hearing. Amen? Remember when He came to Cain, He said, where's your brother at? He said, well, I ain't my brother's keeper. He said, His blood's talking to me. Amen? His blood's talking to me. So the Lord hears not only our faith, hallelujah, and His Word, but He also hears that that's not righteous, that which is against Him. Because if God be for you, man, who can be against you? And He is hearing who's against Him. Hallelujah. This is good news now. He hears who's against Him. So if something comes against you and you're with God, then God's going to come defend you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. See, sickness and disease says, by his stripes ye were healed. Well, when sickness tries to say, no, I'm going to stay in this body, I'm going to do something, the Lord's hearing that and saying, come on, you talk to me, you go ahead and stand on faith in me, you believe me at my word, and I'll come, and when my abode's already in you, and I'll run that sickness right up out your body. Hallelujah! Amen! Don't let it talk to you, but it'll talk to God, and God wants to move on it. So the Lord comes down because He's here. They want to make a name for themselves. Oh, and He recognizes that they are in one mind, one accord. They have developed something called unity. And they have a purpose. And he recognized right here, he says, look, they speak in the same, listen, they speak in the same thing. Nobody's got their own personal opinion in this matter. They're speaking the same thing. When a group of people would get around the same word, have the same language, speak the same thing, look what he's talking about. He says, power starts showing up. The possibilities will be, begin, become endless. In fact, the impossible will become possible. I remember Flagler, Henry Flagler. It was spoken of him when he went down south to the Keys uh, that he wanted to run his railroad, you know, all the way down there. And they said, it can never happen. You can't run a railroad all the way down to Key West. You can't do it because there's too much water between the islands. Well, he purposed and got people to buy in on the vision and started speaking the same thing. And you know what? He ran that railroad all the way down. And when he ran it down, then he ended up taking all the rich, wealthy people and running them down from the north. And they would set up in, in hotels down there and take whole months. And it increased his wealth because what seemed impossible to man became possible to someone who had a vision and who could get people to speak the same thing, have the same thought process, saying the same stuff, things become impossible. Things that were impossible became possible. 
Well, God recognized this, and this is what people who's lost. Lost people have this kind of power. That's why we see people who can raise millions of dollars for this charity and millions of things for this feed, this program, and do this. Why? Because they get people to buy in on a vision to start seeing things the way they see it, speaking it the way they speak. Why do people support certain things on global warming? I mean, are we taking temperature? I mean, are we going out there saying, well, you know what? Because, I mean, last winter was freezing cold in Florida, and I'm thinking, where's the, where's the um, global warming? I mean, where's global warming happening? Some of the worst storms were like, I'm thinking, where's the global warming? But, you know, people have bought into that thought process, and they're speaking the same thing, and whole corporations have bought into it, and everybody's going green. There ain't nobody more green than God. Hallelujah. Amen. Ain't nobody more green than God. He made the earth. Praise the Lord. Okay? But they bought, why? They're trying to speak the same thing, have the same language. Well, they got a purpose, and they're pushing an agenda. And he recognizes when people get a purpose, that there's nothing, even God says this, there's nothing that would be impossible for them. So then he goes on in verse 7, he says, Come, let us go down. Come, let us. That's because he's a trinity, right? Come, let us go down. And there confuse their language so that they will not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from over there over the face of the whole earth, and they stopped building the city. Therefore, the name was called Babel because the Lord confused the language of the whole earth. And from there, the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of the whole earth. Now, why did the Lord do that? Why? Because they should develop a plan against God. And no plan prospers against God. No plan prospers against God. God will thwart plans that are against Him. He will resist them. He will move in a position to stop things. Amen? Because God's like this. And how much more now, if these people who don't have the Spirit of God living in them, what about us who does? What about us who's born of the Spirit of God? What about those who have received Christ as their Savior, they're a brand new creature in Christ, and they're connected to the same Spirit? Hallelujah. What can be accomplished in that? Amen. How much more? What did Jesus even say? He said, all things are possible with Him who believes. Who believes what? Not just believe in anything, but believing in the Word of the King. Because where the Word of the King is, there is power. There's power. Now, Jesus Himself didn't come to earth without purpose. Jesus didn't decide when He's sitting at the right hand of the Father, you know, I'm bored, I want to go down there to earth. I'm going to go check it out. I want to see what's going on. No, there was a reason. There's purpose. God Himself moves on purpose. Amen? He moves with purpose. We can be no less. We must move with great purpose. Amen? We must be very deliberate to find the purpose and stay within the purpose and in the assignment to accomplish the will of God for our, for our lives and for the lives of those that are around us because God's not just doing so work in you personally, but He does the work in you in a corporate manner where a whole group can do something great. Amen. And there's greatness in this room and there's greatness from this church and there's greatness out of this church into this city. Amen. Hallelujah. I tell you, you'll be so jacked when you leave, you'll be telling everybody, you need to come to church. we got purpose. we fix to take over the city. You don't know this, but there's things to be a takeover of the whole city. It's happening. Amen? Because we're going to purpose ourselves. We're going to commit ourselves to a vision, and we're going to speak the same thing. We're going to run with it, and it's going to accomplish much. Hallelujah. And I tell you, if it works in one town, it's going to work in another town. Praise the Lord. Because Cracker Barrel sure works in St. Augustine, and it's working here. It's working all over. In fact, it started in a little city in Tennessee. What's it called? Um, Cleveland? Lebanon, yeah. Lebanon, that's a foreign country. Um, <laughs> Lebanon, right? Amen? It's 
in a, where's that place from? But here all of a sudden, a guy had a vision, a dream, purpose. He got him to say, no, you're going to cook these buttermilk biscuits this way. Hey, come on, biscuits and gravy going to be like this. Amen. It tastes the same. Now, I haven't had anything but breakfast menu, so I can't talk about any other food at Cracker Barrel because I love the breakfast. Amen. But I tell you, Mama's pancake breakfast, it tastes the same in Valdosta as it does in St. Augustine, as it does down south in um, Miami. Anywhere I've gone, Mama's pancake breakfast, it's the same. Why? Because they speak the same language. they got the same vision. they got the same recipe for success. And how much more God's church? How much more us, man? I mean, how much more us to take this city and do something great with it? I mean, how much us who's got the living, breathing power of God on the inside of us, the Word of the Kingdom, to go out and affect and influence people? That's who we are. And how many people we need? Oh, no more than what we got. Because 12 disciples turn the whole world upside down. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay. Amen. So, 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. I tell you, I, I get excited about purpose and vision. Amen. I mean, I'm buying that to bit just to come up here and hang out with everybody and to be able to talk vision and have another uh, uh, family that we are in another location and doing something. I tell you, I wish I could get around my own blood kin and be able to have such passion with them. But I can't. i got to get around the family who does the will of my Father. How many of you got all your family just living in one town? Okay, so that means you've got some family distributed somewhere. Well, wouldn't it be awesome if your family believed like you believed in the place they believed? You see what I'm saying? Well, this is all we are, just an extended family. Another family come up and we say, hey, and now we have this family doing the same thing that the other family's doing somewhere else. Hallelujah. And not only in the States, but we're, going, we're, going, we're, impact, we're influencing the world in this thing. Hallelujah. So 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, are you there? Jesus came because He had purpose. Say, I have purpose. Hallelujah. I have purpose. Glory to God. Look what Jesus said. Jesus said this. He said, the one who practices sin is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. Did you hear this? He said, I came for this purpose. For this purpose. For this purpose, the Son of Man was manifest. He didn't come down because he wanted to take a vacation from heaven and he wanted to check out the earth that he had created with his word. He didn't want to do that. No, he came for a purpose. Why? To get man back into the relationship that Adam lost. To get man back into the dominion that Adam lost. As you know, we've seen in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let him have dominion or rule over all the earth, over the fish of the sea, over, uh, um, over the birds of the sky, over all the cattle, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, over the whole earth. And Adam had, was in a garden, and God said, Here, you can eat of any tree of the garden, but the minute you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that day, the minute you eat that fruit, you'll surely what? Die. And we said this question, we'll keep saying it. Why? Because it provokes people's thought, and how much more here, as people continue to increase and come, that if Adam had never eaten the fruit, where would he be living today? Right here. Adam wasn't walking around trying to get to heaven. Adam was in heaven on earth, man. He had heaven on earth. He had what Jesus told us to pray for. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hallow. He wanted the realm of heaven to impact and influence the realm of earth. He had this. But when he fell from dominion and lost access to the kingdom, Jesus came for this purpose. To destroy the works of the devil, which is sin. Sin is simply disobeying the word of the king. Because that was the sin Adam committed. That's what he did wrong. 
What did he do wrong? He ate what the Lord said he shouldn't. That's sin. That is just the basic, easy principle of sin. Don't glamorize it with murder. Don't glamorize it with rape. Don't glamorize it with molestation. Don't glamorize it to be something bigger, though all those things are outside the will of God and are sin because that's disobedient. Why? What happened first? They didn't walk in love. They're not operating what God said. So the simplicity of sin is simply disobeying the word of the king. Now that Adam fell and lost the, the nature of God, then now all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Amen? That's in Romans chapter 5, verse 12. says that uh, sin, through one man's transgression, sin entered the earth. Sin did. Now, disobedient, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Our nature, we have a what we call sin nature, which means our nature disobeys God. Well, the Lord says, man, they'll never be able to get with me because their very nature is to go against daddy. So I'll take on their nature so they can take on mine. Hallelujah! Why? So I can put purpose back in them. <coughs> so they can accomplish much in the earth. Amen? Hallelujah. Turn over to Luke chapter 4, verse 43. Purpose, purpose. Hallelujah. Purpose. He went on and said this. But uh, Luke 4, 43 says this, And he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also, for I was sent for this purpose. He sent to preach the kingdom. Jesus said this. You see this? He said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also. That's why we're here. The kingdom's got to be preached in Valdosta. Amen. It needs to be preached here. Because, I, because for this purpose I've been sent. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil and to communicate the kingdom that is at hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is a purpose. He's not just to die for sin, but He came to preach. People say, well, Jesus came to die on the cross for my sin. And they're going to receive Him as Savior and then, you know, wait to die to go to Him. When the Lord says, look, I came not only to die for you and to give you a life, but I came to preach and you to preach it too. You've got a purpose, and the purpose is to preach the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Turn over to John 18, 37. Why would he do this? Because there's a purpose associated with his life. We know his purpose was to destroy the works of the devil. We know his purpose is to preach the kingdom of God in other cities, or really the whole world. And then Pilate therefore says to him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, You say rightly that I'm a king. You say rightly. So Jesus says, I'm a king. He recognizes his government position. He's not a religious leader. Jesus is not the head of Christianity. He's the head of the kingdom. That's what he's the head of. He's the head of children of God. He's the head of the body. He says, listen, he said, you say rightly that I'm a king for this cause or for this purpose I was born. For this cause or this purpose I have come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. So he's bearing witness of what? The unseen realm. They've even said, man, listen, you've got to be from God for you to cast out demons and heal people. Why? It was evidence of God's kingdom, of His realm, of His love, of His mercy, of His intent, and of His will. Glory to God. Amen. This is what it was. And he said, look, i got a purpose here. I am a king, and I've come to to reestablish my kingdom on earth because I made the earth myself. I mean, I made it. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. I own this planet. And I own the people that are in the planet because I'm going to die for them and purchase them and all they got to do is come and receive the payment. 
because they're not living like I intended them. That's why I gotta go preach about the kingdom that they're supposed to be a part of. And they can live in that kingdom now. They can have the spiritual realm of that kingdom living in them and operating through them. This is a great purpose. Hallelujah. Because our king cannot fail. Amen? So we see this, that there was purpose. And then he sent people out to preach this purpose. Look what he says here in Matthew chapter 10, verse 7 and 8. Matthew chapter 10, 7 and 8 says this, And as you go preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. He told them to go out and preach this thing. He said, look, i got a purpose. I'm sent. i got to go preach this thing. Now I need you to pick up my purpose and preach the kingdom. Then he goes on and says, As you go, preach the kingdom of heaven as a hand. Heal the sick. Cleanse the leper. Raise the dead. Cast out demons. Freely you receive, freely give. The kingdom is not just about us. It's about getting it through us and manifesting it through our lives so that it can impact other people's lives. Hallelujah. God did not die for us so that we can just go to heaven. God died to put purpose in us. Amen. So what would happen if we just get a group of people that can come alongside? Do you know that homosexuality is about, represents about 3% of our population in America? What kind of voice do they have? Do you know why I have this such a loud voice? Because they're united. They speak the same thing. They actually put forth intense effort to accomplish their vision and their purpose. And they have won states. Hawaii is legal to marry same-sex people and consider them marriage. married. I think Maryland's another one. Or Maine, one of those other states. I can't remember all of them. Okay? Well, we voted that down in Florida. And I'm, I, I know it's not operating in Georgia. Okay? I know it's not operating here. Amen? You understand? But it, they only represent about 3%. 97%. What are they doing? So I'm telling you this, if 3% can get this kind of influence through the radio, media, and through law, what can we do with the King of Kings? What can we, when we get committed to the same language, the same vision, accomplishing the same thing? Listen, they're not. those people are not going around saying, look, I'm the head of this thing. No, they're saying, listen, you do this part, I'll do that part. You do this part, I'll do that. And they're letting everybody do their part because the, all the parts make up a whole and they're accomplishing much. And they're financially investing in these things as well. I mean, they're out two incomes while wow, making big money and, and stuff and then investing in these things. Well, how much more of the kingdom? How much more advancing God's purpose that He died for, that He came and preached, that He came to restore? Hallelujah. Let's get unified in this thing and let's preach this kingdom and let's find this purpose that God's assigned to us as a church. Amen? With that being said, turn over to first, uh, our Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Isn't this good? Isn't this good? Hallelujah. We have purpose and destiny. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Amen. You know, it really isn't unusual what we're doing here at Valdosta. It's not unusual. The world should not be smarter than us. It really shouldn't be. Pastor Brian's still pastor. Okay? But this is really no different in one sense as if two companies merged. You know, when two companies merge, there's still only one CEO. And it works. Okay, AT&T, where were they at? I mean, they were gone. They were out. You didn't even know who they were. Who do we have? We had Nextel. Those were big boys. Where's Nextel at? I know where the colors are at. The black and yellow is with Sprint. Because Sprint what? The name's gone. is Sprint. 
Verizon. Oh, they bought somebody. Thank you. See, you know. They gone. Right? Okay, and in AT&T, who'd they buy? Singular. How do we know? Because they got their colors, orange and blue. They're gators, that's why. Hallelujah. It started. One mind, one accord, right? That's what we're talking about. Vision. Okay. <laughs> Amen. You know, let me just say this. I went to Nicaragua, okay, and there's this group. It's called the Sandinistas, okay, and they're like a communist group, and they try to take over the whole country. In fact, Castro has illegally changed the Constitution so that he can get elected again past the term limits of the president because he just wants to be a dictator. You know what their colors are? Yeah, red and black. You're all right. I would abandon the bulldogs. Come on over and get in the gators, okay? Hallelujah. Amen. See, her heart sunk. She goes, oh, please, not Garnet Gold. No, you're okay. Hallelujah. Because you're, 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 you're with the Florida team right now. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. You, you see what I'm talking about. Come on over. Amen. I'm in the, I'm in the, I'm in the business of changing people's lives. Amen. <laughs> okay. So on a side note, but there's purpose, there's vision, there's a reason why we're connected together. Amen. Ah, oh, gosh. But if these companies merge, you know, we had no problem. We didn't go, well, I'm, we're singular. We're sing No, no, no. Hey, if it's better, whatever, man. Come on. We just got some things to where we're better than we were before. We added some things. You know why these companies merge? Because they can do more. Now at and like a giant. I mean, they were obscure. It's like, where are you at? Somewhere along the line, they end up picking up singular and, and regrowing in a surgence of their uh, company came back. Why? Because they joined forces. Hallelujah. You know, a lot of small businesses fell off because they wouldn't do the thing that Sam Walton was willing to do and start with Walmart's. And when they could have come together in communities and start combining things and bring competition, they wanted to keep it the way it was. Come on now. You've got to see yourself bigger than this immediate spot, but see yourself launching out. Hallelujah. And that's what our vision is. Ignite the city, impact the nation, and what? Influence the world. There's a world that needs you. There's a world that needs you, needs your gift. It's not just for Valdosta, though the most of your gift will impact this city. That's true. Most of it will impact this city. We'll ignite it. We'll set it on fire. People look at you and say, my gosh, they're with God. That person has to know God the way they live. And yeah, it's going to be poured out mainly right here. But you know what? Then you're going to impact nation. And then you're going to go on and influence the world. And your gift's going to go beyond the borders of this state. Hallelujah. Amen. Because we have purpose. So in Acts chapter 1, starting verse 13, look what it says. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room. And when they were where they were staying, James, Peter... Uh, Peter, James, John, and Andrew, Philip, Thomas, uh, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, the son of this guy, and Simon, the you-know-who, and Judas, the son of James. Amen? And we get to verse 14, and it says, they all continued. What did they do? Continued. How many of them? How many of them? They didn't jump ship. Come on, they didn't jump ship. They all continued. Listen, there's been a change in the ranks. Jesus is gone. He's gone. They watched Him. You know it looked like that because two angels had to come down and say, what are y'all doing? Close your mouth. He'll come back the same way He left. Then He say something. Then He tell y'all to do something. Right? And they went looking for a house, upper room. 
in Jerusalem. Because Jesus said, you're going to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. And John talked about it. He said, I baptize with water, but he who comes, I'm not even worthy to untie the, the, his sandals. Man, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Hallelujah. There's been a leadership change. Jesus is gone. And guess who stu- stepped up? A man named Peter. And they all continue. You know what? They didn't jump. Well, Jesus is gone. Okay, I'll see. Now, Jesus, no more. I'm God. I'm gone. I'm out of here, man. I'm just... No. Jesus left a vision and a purpose. He said, we're not done. You're not done. I, I'm done, but you're not done. And lo, I'll be with you till the end of the age. And you know what? You stay here. And you know what? Where's the whole 500 that he talked to? Thank God, 120, man. And when they came, they all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Hallelujah. They stayed connected. They stayed continuing. They said, I heard the Lord said something. People say, well, I'm with this vision. Then let's go on with this vision. Let's purpose ourselves with this vision. Let's do something in this vision. Let's accomplish what this vision wants us to do. Hallelujah. And we will. We will. Yeah, there's going to be trials and tribulations. Sure, sure, sure. We'll be celebrating seven years down in St. Augustine and don't think it hadn't come with a bump and two, a two in a row. But you know what? We're still there. We're still pressing. We're still doing people being healed. In fact, we had a testimony this morning. Ernie at 4.30 in the morning had these massive chest pains. He's an EMT, so he understands what these symptoms are telling him, saying, you've got a heart attack. And so he called Pastor Mike. Didn't call me. Call Pastor Mike. He said, Pastor Mike, I want you to agree with me because the Word says if any two people agree on earth and ask of the Father, it shall be done. I feel these pains. Most people will go to the doctor, but I'm just going to pray. So he agreed with him in prayer, and he said for the next three hours I kept speaking and talking the Word, and they were gone, and he was at church this morning. Hallelujah. Doer of the Word, making it happen, miracles happening around, among people that are associated with the vision that you're part of. Hallelujah! Glory to God, man. God's doing. Pastor Mark, who does our children's ministry, <coughs> his wife Ashley, a Friday, gave birth to their uh, little boy, a preemie, uh, because her womb was acting in such a way that they said it'd be better for us to take him out than put him in. Because I'm going to tell you right now, they were pregnant with child, and uh, she lost their daughter, 23 weeks. It was a terrible thing. I can't even get into to all that took place. I mean, the whole hospital staff was against them. Bad. It was bad. And they lost that child. And so the next time she got pregnant, you understand, there's all kind of stuff start talking to that mind. Pastor Brian and Pastor Cheyenne can talk, can talk to you about this. They can testify. And the enemy wants to, what, come steal, kill, and destroy, and talk. And you know what? They stood in faith and were strong. And she got past the 25 weeks got on into the 28th week, and all of a sudden her blood pressure shot up. And all of a sudden the devil's trying to talk. But they were speaking words of faith. They were talking faith. They were communicating. And I told Pastor Mark, I said, listen, if there's a reason for her to have this child up out of the womb now, she's free and clear. We can get them up out of the womb. And somewhere they'd made a decision. They weren't worried. Did a C-section. And little uh, Caden, right? Camden, right? Camden, Emery. I tried to get them to do Earl, and they just didn't do it, man. Camden Emery. Brady. Hallelujah. Amen. Is alive and well, 13 inches long, 1 pound, 15 ounces, and breathing on his own. Yeah, he's the biggest preemie there. He's strong, growing. 
and increasing. Why? Because they're speaking life over Him. They're speaking purpose and destiny over His life. See, these are people of the kingdom. People who've got vision. They have people in this church family that are praying and believing God and not hoping something's going to happen, but for making the Word manifest itself as evidence. One mind, one accord. We've got to continue in these things. Amen? And for those who continued, we know what takes place in Acts chapter 2. Let's look at it. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. My, my, my. This gets you excited, won't it? And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, right? When it fully come. Woo! Glory to God. They were all with what? One mind or one accord in one place. They were all one accord in one place. They thinking the same thing. And there suddenly came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house uh, where they were sitting. Verse 3. And there appeared uh, to them divided uh, tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each one of them. Last verse, verse 4, we want to look at. And they were how many filled? Come on, how many? All filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Why? Because they were all in one accord, one mind, one place. You know what? If you weren't in the upper room, you didn't get it right then. You didn't get the initial outpouring. Now, did it overflow? Sure, because God wants to give it away. But I don't want to have to get seconds. I want to get it the first time if I should have been in the room the first time. That's why you stay connected here. Don't wait five years for this thing to blow up and be all that God's called it to be and then show back up and say, well, I'm ready to go to work. Do it now. Learn it now. Grow in this thing now. i got people that's been with us from the beginning. Pastor Marcus, well, Joshua, not, not so much. He came a little bit later. Pastor Rick, I mean, they were uh, just a few months past uh, us starting the church, maybe nine months, if that. I mean, been there, tre- pre- uh, trudging along with us. Been in the school, moved to another facility, now moved into a theater, and we just want to keep pressing this thing. Why? Because God's more than able. We got one mind, one accord around this vision, and it'd be no different in this location. No different for this city and this town. Hallelujah. You got destiny. I don't know what else is going on in this town, but I know what's going on in you. I know what God's going to require you. I know what God wants to do through you. I know what greatness He wants to pull up out of you. Hallelujah. And we'll accomplish this thing. Amen? One mind, one accord. Look what it says in Psalms 133, verse 1. It says, Now, beloved, he says, Behold, excuse me, Psalms 133, 1 says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. In unity. we got to come together on this thing, man. This thing's way bigger than all of us, but it takes every one of us. God needs us to accomplish the purpose. He needs us to be connected. He needs us to be able to fulfill our assignment because He wants to do something. And I'm going to tell you, there is power and protection with people of purpose who speak the same thing in one mind, one accord. Nobody didn't say, how come Peter's talking? How come he got to preach? I mean, can you imagine what kind of mess that would have been in the 120? Because you know they had this problem already. They already had this problem. You know, one mama brings her boys and say, Hey, Jesus, can my boys sit with you? One on the right and one on the left. Remember that? And he said, Look, man, my daddy got to figure that out. That ain't on me, okay? That's not on me. And the rest, the other ten heard it, and they were mad. So Jesus had to give a lesson. Look, you're going to be great in the kingdom. You're going to serve people. We ain't like the Gentiles who lord it over and trying to show yourself. No, 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 no. What we do is we serve one another. We serve our gift to humanity. No, you're going to serve yourself. That's what you're going to do to be great in the kingdom. Amen. Had to get a little life lesson. You know what? We know they had these problems, but nobody stood up that day when they got full of the Holy Ghost and said, Peter, you sit down. I'm going to do it. No. Peter took the stage and he preached the first message. 
And it pierced their hearts by the Holy Ghost so strong that 3,000 were added to the church that day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What? They all did their part and their fit. They were in unity. Amen? And as this progressed, look at Acts chapter 4, verse 32. Look what started taking place in this church. Among these people. Among this brethren right here. It says, Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. One heart and one soul. And not, neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own. But they had all things in common. I mean, they had gotten so tight in unity that they're like, my house is your house. What, what, what bill you got? Okay, I'll take care of it because I happen to have a little surplus here. I'm going to go ahead and just pay that off for you. I'll tell you, it's big time. I mean, they were so connected as a community of people in the kingdom that they started saying, who's got a need? I mean, they were selling property, selling their stuff, and they were giving to one another. They said, it's a get-out-of-debt year, man. We're going to get everybody up out of debt. I got an extra. I'm going to go sell this house, this property, this land, and I'm going to go pay your stuff off. And it don't matter that I didn't know you. All that matters is that you are a child of the king, and I'm your brother, and we're going to work this thing together. And that's the power of unity. Man, if, Jesus, if God Himself going to come down over people to build a city against God, and he says nothing would be impossible, how much more a family of children of the king who have the Holy Ghost in them and upon them can do something magnificent right here on planet Earth. And here's the good thing. God will come down and help us do it. He will perform it for us. He will help us along the way. Amen. He won't stop the work. He'll help advance the work. We'll be pressing on all of a sudden. The devil try to put up his little roadblocks and we'll stand there and say, the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church and God just blow them on down and we just keep on moving. Hallelujah. Michael, we have purpose. We have destiny. In uh, uh, Philippians chapter 2, glory to God, ain't this good? Amen. Aren't you glad you came tonight? Amen. This is good news. This is good news, man. And I know there's going to be a little conditioning force, you know, as far as changing the schedule a little bit, you know. Having to stay up a little bit late. Well, you, ain't, you stay up late anyway on Sunday night. I know I'll get you out here a lot earlier than you went to bed. But, you know, this, this is great stuff we're doing, man. This is very important. The king's coming back. Amen? And your assignment is way bigger than the job you're sitting at right now. I mean, you're a red lobster right now because God wants to bring influence out of you about his kingdom to the people around you. You managing that restaurant? All those employees are looking for you. They need your gift. They want to see the kingdom come up at you. And they're going to say, what is, how do you, and you're going to say, let me tell you about my king. It's bigger than that. Hey man, you can be driving that truck, you know, and you're going to be dropping things off locally. And, and every time you drop that package off, you understand what I'm saying? People are going to look at you, and they're going to say, what is it about you? And you say, let me tell you about my king. You've got influence. You've got purpose. Greatness. And then when we collect upon the same place together here in corporate worship where God downloads information from His unseen realm and speaks to us and teaches us and educates us and, and, and we get full of His presence and in His, and, and in His Spirit together, how much more? I mean, God's going to do massive things. So you just go ahead and see all these chairs full. We're going to go ahead and pull all them on up out of there and get more up here. Michael, we're going to need them. We have need of these chairs because the Lord has need of putting people in there because He's already talking to them. I tell you, one day I've been wanting to do this, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it one day, and I'm going to put up a billboard and say, go ahead and do what you're thinking. Come to Anchor Faith Church. 
I'm telling you, a lot of people have been, you know, I've been thinking about that. Then do it. Go ahead and do it. Because I know the Holy Ghost is talking to you. Because I know what God's saying. I know what He's preaching. I know what kind of gifts He's placed within this body. I know what kind of ministers are placed and assigned. I know what kind of people are assigned. You need what Anchor Faith Church has given you because they're loving God and serving Him. Amen. You know they need this. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. You there? It says, Therefore, 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 if there is any consolation, my translation says, any encouragement in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection, affection and mercy, and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in the Spirit, intended on one purpose. Like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. The American Center says, of the same purpose, one purpose. Okay? He says, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look for, out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Man, what would the church look like if we were so driven for others? When I go to other countries, I tell them, I say, I say, my nation is a vacation nation. I saw, I saw, that's, I mean, people that have no purpose with God, all they're thinking is vacation. They work, they go on vacation, they do nothing. All they're doing is being on taking time off, taking time off, having time for themselves, taking time off. Why? Because they believe they deserve it. Well, have you done something to deserve it? Amen. Have you been purposeful for the king? And I started challenging our body uh, down in St. Augustine. I said, do you know that there are nations right now that are starving for discipleship? When, when I went to Nicaragua, I'll just share you a little bit last week. Went down there for a specific purpose. Because we're already planting an anchor faith church in Puerto Rico this year. And I know there's work we're doing in Nicaragua. And there's a man of God there, a pastor, been there for years. I believe that he has an assignment to bring the kingdom to his nation and to other pastors, and he's preaching it, and we're mentoring him right now. And I believe that there's going to come a day that he's actually going to pastor an anchor faith church in Nicaragua. I believe that. It's working itself right now. Right now. And he is getting connected with another ministry that has made, gotten covenant with us, that has submitted to our leadership and, and um, direction in um, the Word of God concerning the kingdom. And um, when we went down to go to this particular place, it's called Peniel, it's in the middle of almost nowhere in Nicaragua. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, it's very difficult even to get to. You have to go across the river. And if it's at flood stage, you're not going across. I mean, you got to drive through it. There's no bridge. Which there's coming a bridge, hallelujah. But, but there's no bridge right now. And we got, I got off the plane. They thought we were going to be there earlier. And he had told the men and the women and their families who had come, that we were coming and that we had a word and they needed to hear it. And they had stayed overnight. And I didn't know this. And they were expecting us to be there at 2 and we didn't get there until 6. We did not know this. We preached to almost 300 people at 6 o'clock. He said I was about 20% that had been there. Waiting since the day before to hear. I challenged our body. I said, could I send a group of you next week down 
and you disciple them and come back and then you take your vacation and go down and disciple and you could I get 52 people just 52 and send one to week one a week and they'll just sit I mean in certain nations man they get in buses for 8 hours no air condition nothing just to get to a meeting amen in our nation we have to drive people and inspire people and, and, and yet we have the greatest opportunity to really make the greatest impact and influence the world the greatest. We do. We do. And we need to get back on that. But you understand? It's lost itself in a lot of churches. A lot of churches have gone to seeker-sensitive things and, and kind of taking care of themselves and, and developing a good system where they're comfortable in doing things. When the Lord said, listen, i got a purpose for you. Go and preach the kingdom. Go and what? Preach the kingdom. Go and preach the kingdom. I need you to get out there because the end to come... If you go preach the kingdom, I need you to have a purpose. I need you to be thinking about somebody else because if you'll think about them, I got you. The Lord said, don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. But seek first the kingdom of God, his right, and all these things be added to you. Man, what can happen if we raise this up? I'm telling you, it's happening. We're doing this. We're doing this. And we're going to do it in this city as well. A body of people that have become so um, selfless and so hungry to... um, um, want to f- fulfill the will of their king that will take nations. We'll be so busy put, sending people all over the place. And you understand, you don't have to be in five-fold ministry for this to take place. Every one of us get vacations. And you understand, you could get divine favor where your employer says, listen, we'll go ahead and pay you for that and it won't even be vacation because of the good work you're doing. I'm telling you, God will bring it to pass for you in great measures if we have this heart. Amen? Let me tell you real quick about our vision here, Anchor Faith Church. First is to ignite the city. What are we talking about? There's two scriptures that we looked at when we came to ignite the city when the Lord spoke this to me. It was this, Luke chapter 24 and verse 32. Luke 24, 32 said this, And they said to one another, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road, while he was explaining the scripture to us? Jeremiah 23, 29 the latter part of that verse says, Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord? Like fire. What does it mean to ignite the city? That means, I tell you what, you're going to get here at Anchor Faith Church, you're going to get the word. We're going to preach the word, the truth of the word. We're not going to withhold the full counsel of God. We're going to preach the word. And it's going to come so alive in you, it's going to seem like it's a fire shut up in your bones. And you're going to be just busting out to want to talk to somebody and tell them about how great God is. And next thing you know, you'll always have that word to say. And you'll speak that word there and speak that word there. Why? Because it's not your opinion. It's not what you think that matters. It's what the Lord says about it. And it starts changing things. And people start being drawn to you. You see what I'm saying? Come on, Whitney. They be pulling towards you. Amen? Why? Because you're getting all the doggone tips. I mean, they think, how come this girl gets all these tips, man? How come everybody wants her? How come they always requested her at this restaurant? Why? Because she speaks over her life. She said, I'm a child of God, and if anybody's going to get tip, I'm going to get a tip. And I'm going to make influence, and I'm going to speak life to them, and I'm going to talk over them, I'm going to pray over their food so that they don't get sick. And I'm going to pray over this business, and it's going to prosper. And, 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 and because I'm here, the business is going to prosper. Because she's a kingdom child. Amen. And as long as the Lord needs me here, hallelujah, 
influence. Why? And all of a sudden people be drawn and want to hear and want to talk to her and hear what she has to say. Why? Because greatness come up out of her. It'd be like fire shut up in her bones. She's got so much word in her, she just got to release it. And when we do our outreaches and different things to uh, 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 communicate to our community that we love them, we want to serve them, we want to bring them the Word, we want to change their lives. We're not a social service, but we are children of the King who are advancing His kingdom and help and, and, um, set them free. As we do different outreaches and different things, why? Wow, that Word's going to come up and go out. Come up go out. That's how we ignite this city. We are Word people. We speak forth the Word only. Jesus said... Jesus said, I don't speak anything on my own issue, but only what the Father has told me. As the centurion said, just speak the word only in my servant to be healed. We're going to be people who know the word, rightly divided. And I tell you, with Pastor Brian doing Bible studies on Wednesday night, you need to not not be here. You need to be here. And when he opens up that word and begins to unfold all the meaning, and you have conversations just like Jesus said, well, who do people say that I am? He'll say, well, what do you think about this? And he'll ask questions. And it'll open everything up so that all of a sudden that word get deeper. And then we'll come here on Sunday and we're going to preach. And I'll be here on some Wednesdays, uh, you understand, and be here during the week as well uh, at, at different times so that we can continue to advance what God's doing right here in this city. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. And it can run and be successful. And it will be. The second part of this real quick is this. It's to impact the nation. And the Scripture is identified with this is in John chapter 14, verse 12. Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, He who believes in Me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these He will do because I go to the Father. Well, we know you can't do anything greater than Jesus. Right? So what's the greater works? There's more Jesus people, so to speak. Christians, Christ-like people. People who have been with Christ. People who operate like Christ did. You going over in this part of town and you laying hands on sick, you casting out demons. You over in this part of town. You see what I'm saying? Whitney, we're all spread out. And we all doing the same work. Jesus, why? Greater, why? Because, you know, we don't have to, it's not just one person operating in these things. It's all of us, children of God. You see what I'm saying? We're all operating in these things. We're taking it. We're doing something. We're bringing influence. Every time you go to work, you've got an opportunity to influence people with the kingdom. They're going to be drawn to you. Because of the Word that you know. You study that Word. Know that Word. You know, our society is all about education. Yet any education outside the Word of God is just dark sayings. Because I can tell you right now, you can get highly educated in the things of the world that's in a fallen state. But if you get educated in the Word, you can call, call those things that be not as though they were and not be limited to this world. You can pull unseen things into seen places. You may know everything there is to know about currents, depths of water, tides, how springs come up, how rivers dump in. You can know all about the geological things concerning water, but can you part it and walk on it? Hey, see what I'm saying? I mean, you may be a tell-me-all, but here's the next thing. If the Lord command me to go, are you going to walk get up out the boat? Amen. I ain't teaching that in class. That has to be with Him. Those are things that are taught by Him. Peter didn't say, So, what do you think it's going to be, Lord? What's the forecast? No, he said, command me to get up out of this boat, Lord. He didn't say, now, Lord, when I was in class, you know, now the um, the mass or the molecules in liquids different than in solids, and, you know, it's, it's, 
it's scientifically impossible for me to actually get up out of this boat and walk, and what you're doing right now is impossible. So something ain't right here. And what would Jesus say? All things are possible to him who believes. <laughs> I created this. I know how to get up in a position where I can walk on it. No problem. And I can get you out here too. He said, command me. Well, come on. And he did. Whew. Amen? Hallelujah. Moses didn't stand at the Red Sea and said, Aaron, get out there and, and, and take a, a measurement. Let's see how deep that thing is. All right, now get them boys. I mean, y'all build them temples over there in Egypt. Figure, y'all figure out how to get a bridge up across here. Lord, we pray you hold them back till we can build this bridge. Could they have built a bridge? You know they could have built a bridge. They built pyramids, man. Given enough time, they could have got a bridge across there. But the Lord said, listen, I'm not limited to that. I just need you to believe me. He raised up his staff, and the Lord said, I just part it. Because there's dry ground down there, I get you to it. He said there's dry ground down underneath the water. We've got to have this. This is good stuff, isn't it? Amen. This is what we're educating ourselves. This is what the Word does. And this will cause us to do greater works. Amen? And then the other verses, Matthew 10, 8, it says this, Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you receive, freely give. We already read this once tonight. That's how you impact the nation. How do you impact the nation? You're doing the works of Jesus so much, all of a sudden the nation starts saying, what's going on with that church in Bible How come everybody's getting healed in that city? I mean, you're already known as Title Town. How about you be known as Glory Town? Because there's a champion that's won a lot. He ain't never lost. Never lost. His name's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He never lost a battle. He's victorious. All he knows is winning. So this is, you know he lives in Valdosta if you Title Town, man. You know God lives here. He hangs out with champions because he is a champion. Amen? Hallelujah. And influence the world. What's that mean? See, the nation had come to you. I mean, when Azusa Street took off, people started going different places. People are looking. But listen, and call, why? Because they're moved by the sea. And you just live it, they'll start coming in and saying, my gosh, and then what? It's not about this move. It's about you learning how to move in the things of the Spirit. And with that being said, we're going to influence the world. What's that mean? Acts 17, 6 says this, And these men who have turned the world upside down, when Paul, this is with Paul too. This ain't even the original 12. Paul goes up into this city. And when he came, they started going, Oh man, that, that guy Paul's here. You know what he's been doing in those other towns. I mean, his reputation has preceded him. Why? Because God has made him become a great man. His gifts coming out. God's using him tremendously. And they were so upset because they've been disrupting all kinds of cities. And people have been coming into the kingdom. And these people are like, no, nah, we're going to have to get rid of these boys. And when he couldn't find him in Jason's house, they drug Jason out. And got him before the whole city and says, this guy has brought the other ones in who've turned the world upside down. That's the kind of influence we want. You want to be able to step out the plane and hit Nicaragua and they say, there's those anchor faith people. They come and they just hit the nation. You know what happened the last time they came? <laughs> They got this one statue of this general who's a Sandinista, and all it is is just black, so it's his shadow. He's got a little hat. He's a tyrant. And they got him, you know, in different places. called revolution. You understand what I'm saying? I told, asked Pastor Bear, I said, well, I said, look at that thing up on the hill, and he told me who it was. I said, let's go tear it down. Come on, Gideon tore down some idols. That's all that thing's in. I said, well, I said you think, think they get upset if we go tear that down? He just started laughing. <laughs> Amen? But I'm telling you, 
Man, you get so bold, get up in We go to India. Man, if I started tearing down idols in India, man, we'd have a lot of concrete. I'm telling you. And if I could go to Burma and get the gold off of their stuff, we'd be way, way wealthy. The big Buddhas and weird-looking things that are all stressed out, laid over with gold that they're worshiping. Amen? Can you imagine a whole nation, all of a sudden, the government rises up and says, crush it all. Whoo, that's what we're talking about. Amen? Turning nations upside down. And the last scripture is this. It's Matthew 5, 14. It says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Listen, I don't care how small it may look that we are, but we're not small. We are a beginning church. That's all we are. We don't despise the beginnings. Because the beginnings move into greatness later on. And we're excited about our purpose and our fit. Amen? And we're going to do something great. And we're going to fulfill this thing because we, you, are the light of this city. We're going to do something in this city. We are going to bring the light, the glorious light of the gospel of the kingdom because we cannot be hidden. And we're going to change it. The spiritual climate has been changing for the last two, almost three years already in this place. And it's just going to continue to increase in our efforts. Why? Because we have a purpose. Here's the purpose of this church. It's to anchor people in the Word that they may live a life of dominion on earth through the kingdom by faith. That's our purpose. We're going to anchor people in the Word that they may live a life of dominion on the earth through the kingdom by faith. Change their lives. And you're a part of it. We're part of this thing. So there's a place, there's a purpose, there's a fit. And we're going to do this together. Amen? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you're the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and we honor you. And Father, we thank you. We're committed to the purpose, the vision. We're committed to where we're going and what we're doing. We thank you for the vision of Anchor Faith Church that you birthed in us. Everyone in this room has a part to play in this vision, and we will not abandon this. We will continue, all of us continue one mind, one accord in unity to ignite the city, impact the nation, and influence the world. Lord, you make us usable. Speak to us so that we can be useful for the Master's work. That He'd use us to change this planet for Him and to speak forth His kingdom and reveal all the purpose that You have for us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said.